This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Founded in 1994 by the late Mervyn Smith, together with leaders of several sub-Saharan African Jewish communities, the African Jewish Committee was established. Its aim was to benefit and assist communities in the region and to promote their Jewish life and identity. Mrs. Anne Harris is the president of the AJC, and she joins me now to tell me more about it and also about the webinar that you recently held. Mrs. Harris, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. African Jewish Congress, we are. Mrs. Harris, recently you held a webinar for the AJC, and um, people from around the world were able to join because it was for the first time ever on Zoom. Yes, it was actually our biennial general meeting. And we normally get together um, our delegates from our different countries in, in either Johannesburg or Cape Town. It's a very pleasant outing for them. They enjoy it. Um, and But, of course, we don't get so many because not that many could travel. But when uh, when all this happened and we realized that nobody was going anywhere, we decided to try and do it on, on Zoom. And it actually worked extremely well because all of the countries joined in and um, and there were other people with delegates. And also we advertised it to our list of former sub-Saharan African uh, members who were all over the world for one reason or another. And quite a few joined in that too. What happened was that we... Um, on, on Marseille Shabbat last week, Saturday night, we had, we started with, um, we would, had we been all together, as, have it been having supper together, but we couldn't do that. So we had a very nice musical evening for about an hour, organized by Ivor Joffe from the, from the Murray Road Shul. And he made Hamdallah for us. And then he introduced his musical friends. And we had a very nice musical entertainment and there were a lot of observers watching. And then afterwards they asked, could they join the meeting? And the meeting is not, uh, um, it, it's, it hasn't got anything that, that, that's, that, that ought not, that they ought not to know. So there were a few extra people. So we had people from Australia and we had people from the UK and so on. And, and so they, we got a bit of exposure that way, more than we would have done if it had been the real thing. What is the situation of our African country communities? Which countries do we have communities? In a rather random order, um, Botswana, Eswatini, Lesotho, Mauritius, Mozambique, Namibia, Zambia, Zimbabwe, um, and uh, loosely Congo, um, and loosely Kenya. But the, the, all of the others, apart from those two, took part. When you say loosely Congo, what do you mean? Well, we're not. We, they're not. They're not organised. You know, some. Let me just preface this by saying something to you, which I try to explain to everybody. All of these countries are different. All of these communities, if, if, if nothing, not one side size doesn't fit all. Every single one of them has a different, um, they've all got the same ideal, but they, but they have different ways of dealing with it. Now, in the DRC, um, there doesn't seem to be the sort of organized group that there is in most of the other countries. Um, and in Kenya, 
they um, have uh, are looking towards a more formal kind of community by having a peripatetic rabbi who comes from Israel and so on. So they don't need us quite the same, but all of the others do, and that's and that and they all work in the in the in the traditional way that we've set up. That's it. Mrs. Mrs. Harris, a lot of the communities in these African countries have been there for years and years. Mm. Are mm. any are any of the communities growing? Yes. <laughs> As I say, every everyone is different. Some of them are shrinking. Let's start with the with the with the reality. Some of them are shrinking. Um, some of them are growing because they have Israeli business people coming to live there. Um, and, and in some places that works a charm and in some places it doesn't because everywhere's different. Um, but the two that are, that I find amazingly growing are Mauritius and Mozambique for various reasons. Um, but they, they all differ very much in all, in all, in, in the whole lot of our countries, excluding South Africa. Um, we have probably over 1500 Jewish people. Um, and, and, um, in various levels of commitment and, but all with Jewish identity. And that's, uh, that's how, you know, that's how we measure it. So, so Mozambique and Mauritius are growing. Which ones are dwindling? Botswana, Namibia, Lesotho. The others, although they're small compared with what they were in the old days, shall we say that, they're remarkably active. One of the things that I admire about the two communities in Zimbabwe, Harare and Bulawayo, here they're living in a country which, which is difficult to cope with in, on many levels, but they both places keep a semblance of a Jewish community working in the traditional way, with shul services, with a Hebrew Kaddisha, with Bulawayo with an old age home, in Harare with a school. I actually find that amazing. They haven't given up. At all. And, and that's that. Namibia struggles, but even they, although they haven't, uh, our uh, um, delegate there reported, it was actually rather funny, um, that they struggle, struggle for a minion because they haven't got a lot of men, but they've got women who who organized the community. And he described how they had made a Purim evening, the women. Um, and and provided a made hamantash and made challah and so on. So the, you know they're not going to give up. Um, uh, every one of them depends on the leadership of one or two or three people. It's something I spoke about at the conference because I admire it enormously. There is they've got plenty of Jewish people in them that don't bother except when they. You know, find something that interests them. But each of these places have got somebody who, who drives the situation. And, and that is absolutely amazing. Even Lesotho, where we have one member only, that's the smallest. When he sent in his report, he said, well, we've still got one person here who says Moda Ani in the mornings <laughs> because that was him. <laughs> So there are people who will stick to it no matter what. It is incredible, uh, Mrs. Harris. And, and, um, you know, you said right at the beginning when you're talking about Congo and the other communities is that some of them are informal and not organized. And what does it take to organize a a Jewish community? Well, all of the ones that we work with regularly are organized. 
Yes. Um, it, yeah. I think the um, question is, is, is it one person that's needed? It, is it a community? It, what, what is the determining factor? Everywhere is different. The deter- probably the determining factor is a clinging to Jewish identity. And when I talk about Jewish identity, I don't mean observance or belief or religion or culture or history um, or or love of Israel. It's one or two or more of those things thrown together. But they are acts or or often it's a family connection with the older people, who the older residents who've lived there in these countries a long time. For them, they've got a a, 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 often a family tradition there. Something makes them cling to being Jewish. I I, I can't really put my finger on it because it amazes me all the time. Um, But they do. And they're quite remarkable. Take Zambia, for example. Zambia no longer has a shul at all in the whole place where there was it was a it was a country where there were six or more working communities with shuls and cemeteries and so cemeteries are still there. Um, They have had um, in in the last couple of years a rebirth, firstly promoted by Israeli businessmen living there. The first one found it difficult. The second one is a gem. If there's something to be done, he organizes it. He, uh, uh, um, he's got a very good relationship with Rabbi Silberhaft, with Rabbi Moshe Silberhaft, whom you know is our executive director who deals with all of the practical issues. They have a good relationship. Um, whatever they want, we're able to provide. You cannot believe how out of the blue these things happen. The same thing as I say with Namibia. Namibia, feels a bit sad that it's losing a lot of its men members, but is so delighted that he's got these group of women who are determined to keep Judaism going somehow or other. It is absolutely incredible, Mrs. Harris. I mean, we could yeah. talk for hours about lots of Yeah, people. oh, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Unfortunately, yes. we can't at this moment talk any longer. But yes. just thank you very much for, I mean, the work that you do on the African Jewish Congress is amazing. And what we do for our continent, our, our fellow brothers and sisters living, living on, you know, living in this unbelievably beautiful continent um, and, and contributing to the growth of it. So just to say thank you very much for joining me. It's my pleasure. I only do it because I like them. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that could actually be a, a separate conversation. Is like yes. are Jews in, in the countryside different from Jews in the city? Yes, definitely. Are Jews further north in Africa different from the, us at the top? Yeah. But yeah. we'll, we'll have to reconnect. Yeah. 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 Anyway, thanks very much, Sir Thank Nice to talk to you. That was Mrs. Anne Harris, President of the African Jewish Congress.